You are now tuning into Goddess Culture with Jordan and Shanice. All right, ready? Yep. Oh, you started. Yep. That's our new. That's our new thing. Yep. We're starting just, when people we're don't going. We're just okay. going. Um, welcome back to episode fifty-eight to Goddess Culture podcast. Um, just so y'all know. We're on it this uh, this time. Yeah, we're doing better. Just you know better, the ep- better. Exactly. Just released the episode. Have another one. That's go- this episode is going to be in the clip, ready to go. Um. So yeah, we're just going to jump right into it. We have a guest. Yes. We have a guest, and he'll introduce himself um, after the news. You'll get the full spiel, so it makes sense for the flow of the show. But just know that there's somebody special. Uh, as always, if you're listening to this podcast and you like what you hear, don't forget to comment, rate, and subscribe, share it with a friend, like the episode announcement, share it on your story. Anything counts. Anything works. Um, first topic for the news. So this whole coronavirus thing. I'm, I'm disgusted. Not, I'm not going to harp on it, but y'all need to wash y'all fucking hands. We Do you see Amazon doesn't, Amazon doesn't, doesn't have like the face mask. So can I tell you, how, so you know when, um, remember I was sick a week and a half ago? Yeah. So my mom, no, I'm not, well, it was your fault, but my mom was like asking me like all the symptoms of the coronavirus. Yeah. But I'm like, that's not it. It's the same symptoms. Yeah. But it was like, I like, I didn't, the only thing with me was like my body felt tired and Mm -hmm. I had a head cold. That was it. But I was like, let me just go ahead and get proactive and buy these face masks. $40 for some face masks. I was like, well, I'm tough it out. That's inflation. I'm going to tough it out. Yeah, because there's no way. For like, it was like 16 masks, $40. I'm like, there's no way. I said all this to say, wash y'all's hands. Stop coughing in y'all's hands. The amount of adults I've seen cough in their hands the, this past two weeks is disgusting. You know, elbow. We learned this in elementary school. All right. Second topic. So we're in New Jersey. So New Jersey news is privy to us. And I think it's been floating around social media. But there's these teens that beat up their basketball coach in Newark. And I heard it's because the basketball coach was trying to stop them from bullying somebody. All I'm saying is, I don't really condone violence, but somebody need to beat them little kids' ass. Like, first of all, why are you guys beating up your coach? And then on video, like, you're just, the whole state of New Jersey, we just all need Super to Super self-incriminating, and you need to not, I thought, you know, it's 2020, I thought we don't bully anymore. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me tell you something. Them kids in schools are the meanest kids I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't be in high school these days. I could not. Honestly, like, I could not, I could not be in high school these days. The, they've turned me into a new level, and it's scary. Uh, last topic before we uh, jump into the swing of things. So I say this because it's 529 where we are right now, and it's already getting dark. Seasonal depression is real, y'all. Like, the mm-hmm. lack of vitamin D, not getting outside, it being dark when you go to work and dark when you come home really takes its toll. So, check on your friends you haven't spoken to in a while. Make sure you're doing self-check-ins every day. Go outside during the day. Leave during lunch. 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock, when it's still light outside, you have a chance to, like, get some sun. And don't forget to do the things that make you happy, especially when you get off. Happy lights don't really work. Tried one, didn't do anything for me. But that was me personally. It didn't work for me. So if it works for you, kudos. But if you know um, things that people who suffer from seasonal depression can do to like help you pull, pull help pull you out of it or prevent it, feel free to comment um, on the episode announcement or in the comments on SoundCloud and let us know. Yeah, seasonal depression is really real. Yeah, take your vitamin D. That helps also. 
All right, the affirmation this week. I feel like I'm doing a bunch of talking, but it's not about to just be me, I promise y'all. The affirmation this week is, I wrote it down, thank you, is the universe works fast when I'm having fun. So I'm going to have all three of us speak on what that means to us and how it relates. Um, But for myself, what I took from it is when you're working and moving in purpose, life unfolds in a way that feels easy, you know? And um, choosing to, like, dedicate your life to something you've been working toward for a long time isn't easy in, like, the literal sense, but it doesn't feel like an internal struggle that you're, like, you know, you're doing something that doesn't resonate with your personality or doesn't resonate with your purpose. So... Um, I think that's what the that's what the affirmation means for me when I'm when I'm doing the things I'm supposed to be doing. For example, goddess culture, like it's hard work, but it doesn't feel like work, work. soul exhausting work. You right. know, no, I agree. I think anything that's fun happens fast. Like all my greatest moments, like I feel like I'm all I went through all those moments so quickly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like that's another thing where people talk about you need to live in the moment, like just be in that moment. Like, on our trips and stuff, sometimes I feel like I'm trying to document it. I'm trying to be there to talk to people. I'm trying to be, make sure we're following the itinerary. Mm -hmm. I'm not really in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's happening so fast. And I think as a lesson for myself, like, I just need to kind of, like, slow down with life. Like, just let it rock. Like, feel it out. Go along with it. And just, you know, live in the moment. Like, actually see the moment happening and not trying to record everything. Yeah. What about you? What does Um, this mean to you? I'm honestly no longer surprised by, you know, when messages apply directly to you Mm -hmm. from the universe. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know, it's just all consuming when you think about it. But this message in particular, it always reminds me, you know, I've been thinking about this for a really really long time, actually. But um, it reminds me of my my childhood, those random moments where you have, you know, you had a good time with your cousins or with your friends or in the neighborhood. And as an adult, you're always told to mature, to mature, to walk out of childhood. But I challenge that, you know, even though it was a written word, but I challenge that because I think on the surface, you know, being an adult, you have to pay your bills and do and be responsible, but still have a heart and and, and a joy as you were when you were a child, Mm -hmm. um, those random moments and that made our childhood go by so fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't realize we were getting older when we were children. So yeah. I it feels like, like forever. Like when you're young. Yeah. And then it, you know, adulthood gets here and you're like, where did the childhood go? You know? Right. Like you can't remember the transition. Yeah. You can't remember that last moment when you remembered, you know, oh, I'm a child. When you yeah. felt yeah. like I'm here, mm-hmm. you know? Damn. You Damn. never realize when the last time is the last time. Yes crazy right and now we gotta pay bills and shit in this ghetto <laughs> i want to go back tell me about it honestly let me it. tell y'all so when before we started the show um i was like setting up the room and i said to shanice real lights or the twinkle lights right and granted it is getting a little dark but i was hoping she would say twinkle lights because the way G been getting in my ass lately <laughs> i appreciate the lights being off okay listen all right it sets the mood so um, unbossed. Obviously, when we have guests, we do unbossed a little different. It's not Shanice and I talking ourselves about these folks, but it's them having a chance to tell you who they are and um, why they're on the show. And without giving all the details, because we'll get into that during like the main topic, who are you and what? why did we bring you here today? Okay. Well, first, thank you uh, for giving me an opportunity to be on your platform. Um, my name is Laquan Ford. Um, 
sometimes go by Q Sadiq or El Sadiq, which is just a shortened version of my middle name. Um, but I am an author, uh, officially um, January 1st of this year. Stand in um, that. I like it. Yes. And a poet. Um, I've been writing, writing poetry since I was 15 years old. And finally, I've gathered the courage to release uh, my work. And I believe I was invited here. Um, I don't know. I think because, you know, even though we have various or different lives, I feel like we in some way, shape or form have come in contact with another on one with each other in a way that has been, you know, important to one of us. Or mm-hmm. We have experiences that are similar or experiences that influence us somehow. So hopefully <laughs> my light, you know, inspired you as much as your life has inspired me. I love that you have this space first of all you know thank you um i'm so excited that you're here yeah for sure so you didn't even mention the fact that your book okay okay. i thought that wasn't the main topic but (laughs) well it's not out uh, it's not out yet. No, it doesn't come out until February 21st. Oh, um, my just pre-orders, gosh, so we right? Yes. Advanced <laughs> copy. I feel so yes. special right now. Okay. Yes. Yes. I've um, been, like, over here reading the book. So yeah. that's where I've been. I, I and it's, it's, like, really good. Thank, you. It's, Thank it's, you. it's not a book. It's, like, a compilation of Yeah, it's a compilation poems. of poems. So it's uh, Bandages in Cologne is the title, A Life of Poetry. Um, and I took the opportunity to, you know, take my story, my experiences, my personal you know, things that you only sometimes keep in a diary or in a notebook somewhere, but yeah, and put it yeah. into this book because I realized that while my experiences didn't make sense or still don't make sense to me um, as to, you know, why I had to go through those things, I think my experiences are for people, mm-hmm. other people. Um, and just as much as their experiences, you know, touch me, I hope my experience touches them and influences them in some way. Yeah. yeah. So let's just, let's just dive right in because okay. we're already here. So... You said you've been working on this book since you were a child. So do you want to kind of give us like a preface of like what we're about to embark on, like reading through this journey? I know you don't want to give it all away because it's not out, but just kind of what so people can understand where you're kind of coming from. So I'll start first with the the meaning of the title. Um, Bandages in Cologne, honestly, it started off uh, with Tumblr. It was it's my Tumblr. Throwback. Because with Tumblr, I feel you know, I, I was trying to challenge myself to be my natural, authentic self. Mm-hmm. And on Tumblr, no one knew me. Uh, so I was in this, I was at a, yeah. you know, I was in the space where I can be myself completely um, yeah. and, and share my thoughts and not worry about anyone having to, you know, reblog it or like it or mm-hmm. mention me. Um, it was a way for me to at least give it a try, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bandages of the Cologne, when you think about the title, it's like, Kwan, like, why, why those two items? But it's metaphoric. Mm-hmm. Um, in a sense. So bandages, you think about when we use a bandage, it's, you know, to cover a wound, to cover, to help it heal in this process of healing. And cologne, you know, or perfume, to mask our scent, our natural scent. Mm-hmm. So when you, when I apply that to my life, when I think about my entire life as, you know, up until now, I've kept the bandage on too long. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in a space now where I can love, you know, the wound, I can love the process of healing. And with cologne, I can love my natural self, you know, mm-hmm. my natural scent. I can be myself. There's no longer a need for me to disguise my natural being. I'm just... And you'll see in the book, um, literally, some things are shocking. Some things are, you know, revealing. But I think it's an opportunity for me to give the full picture of, you know, not only what I've gone through, but my response to it. Yeah. Yes. I love that metaphor. Thank you. Yeah. I want to take... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I just want to take a step back really quickly and... um, 
Ah, so you, that was your Tumblr handle yes. at 15? No, no. That was my Tumblr handle and two, I got a Tumblr in 2012. Okay. Um, so it's super crazy and, and I'm only going to use a second to like make the parallel because mm. it's, this is not about me, but, um, it's crazy how we manifest things way before we realize, um, that we're asking for something, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So you did this in 2012 and that was your Tumblr handle without the idea that it eventually become, um, such an intimate piece of like your story, you know? And in 2009, I had a Tumblr called, the handle was No Sleep Till Manhattan yeah. because I wanted to be in New York. I mean, yeah. at that point, I was like a freshman in high school. Yeah. I say all this to say the parallel of like claiming something before we knew it was ours right. to claim. And right. then here it is without us like pressuring God yeah. or the universe to give it to us. Just putting it out there before it's actually, you know, solid yeah. For, yeah. for you to trust it. Because it took me a long time actually to, to title this book. At yeah. first, I was going to yeah. call it. Man, man, which was my nickname as a kid, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was just like, "That's no. a Newark nickname." Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Newark it is, nickname. It is. Uh, actually, all of I had a little. There was a little man, man. There was a fat man, man. There right. was a skinny man, man, and I was right. just man, man. Um, but I, I thought about it. I, I had to challenge myself. Look, like Laquan, what it is that you want people to get from this book? Mm-hmm. You know, it, and at first I didn't put some of the you know most personal stuff in in in, a, in the book. I kept that to myself, and I was mm-hmm. like. Let me just do it. You know, yeah. let me get this weight off my shoulder. Let me just be transparent because maybe there's a boy, a man, a girl, woman, whoever, or what, or however someone identifies. Um, maybe my story inspires them. Maybe, you know, they pick up this book and read through it. And, and it's something that, you know, helps them to get up in the morning and right. say, like, I can do this as well. And that's important. A lot of people, like when we first started our podcast... Jordan could tell you we were we used to pause like okay I don't want to talk about that like <laughs> like inappropriate don't like, inappropriate, that or I'm not ready yeah. Yeah. like let's start over like and our first feedback was when we once we did our first episode was sounds like you're hiding something sounds like you're lying <laughs> yeah like that was yeah. our first feedback when yep. we sent it to I guess my aunt actually she was like yeah. I mean it was okay but. <laughs> It sounds like you have so much more to say and you're stopping yourself. Like, that's yeah. what... Yes. And it's apparent, even when we were trying to, like, do our best to edit and cut and prepare, like... Yeah. Same. So it's it's so important to, like, have a piece where you're, like, genuine. Yes. Because people will see through, like, the bullshit. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... I've read, like, four pages and I'm like, woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... The, like, the content is, is heavy. <laughs> this is... But it, it feels good because a lot of people are going through a lot of the same things that you discuss. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? And a lot of times, like, a lot of people, like you said, we use cologne or perfume mm-hmm. to, like, mask that. And everyone is kind of, like living this fake life yep. a little bit and chasing clout and doing all these things and no one's really authentic. It's about so the it, highlight reel. Yeah. Like it's our, a highlight yeah. reel. It's like and doing it, what other people expect of you. Yeah. Right? And it makes people who are younger, like the younger generation, think that, you know, you this is how perfect. everyone's operating yeah. Yeah. and this is what That's I need to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's really scary because my sister's 10 and like the things I hear her and friends talk about, I'm just like, what? Like, what's going on? Like, the, the next generation, the things that they treasure and that they hold up to a pedestal is just things that are so unimportant and just things that don't have any effect on what their lives are going to mm-hmm. be when they grow up. And mm-hmm. it's like, I have to constantly remind myself, like, I need to set her straight. Let me tell you right now, like, what your friends are telling you, that's not true. Like, that's not what it is. So I think it's really important that a book like this is out here. Mm-hmm. And then someone from the community, so... You're from Newark. Yes. Born and, and raised. Born and raised. Born and from raised New in Jersey. Newark. Lived all over Newark and every ward. Uh, 
tell us a little bit about that, like growing up here. Because first of all, if you don't know, Newark is not um, Newark is. Newark, New Jersey. It's not the capital. Child. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> it should, it should, yeah, it should yeah, be. Trenton, right? Very, yeah, yeah, Trenton was very, like, their history uh, when it comes to even in Newark, like the industrializ- industrialization. Yeah. Uh, Trenton was very imperative in that, uh, mm. that whole industry. I actually thought Newark was the capital when I first mm. moved here, but it's not. But it's Just a very, city. It has, it has a lot going on, a, a lot, lot of history, history yes. a lot of people who are from Newark, Whitney mm-hmm. Houston, uh, a bunch of people. So tell Baraka. us about yeah, yeah. Tell so, us about growing up here. Growing up in Newark, at first I didn't realize, you know, I thought Newark was that was it. That was my world. And you um, hear how he's saying it and, and how I said it. He says Newark. <laughs> yeah. I'm like Newark. It's Newark. It's Newark. But I didn't realize until I, I got to college, you know, what the impact Newark had in my life. Yeah. Um, it played a huge role in my development, played a huge role in my socialization. It played a huge role, you know, in the man I am now. Um, and growing up, I mean, it was rough, but that was, it was rough because of my circumstances, the, the, the experiences I had to live um, at home. And Newark, yes, it was dangerous, but I participated in the dangerous part of Newark because that's, that was a legacy, unfortunately, that was left behind. The lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't realize that Newark was dangerous until was now, now, as an adult, you won't catch me walking through the same neighborhoods <laughs> I walk through um, mm-hmm. unless I'm there, you know, for, you know, to, to, to talk or to see my cousins or something. But Newark now, thankfully, is becoming... You know, people are um, discovering the real talent and creators mm-hmm. that are in yes, Newark. Um, and I am enamored by the fact that Newark, you know, has always been on the map, but Newark is on the map now yeah. for the appropriate reasons. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. something where you're just seeing the statistics. It's more so, all right, that's dope. I didn't even know this person was from here. You know, yeah. and now people, yeah. celebrities are now claiming the fact that from Newark. Yeah. Because I used yeah. to tell people, honestly, that was from Southwich. Really? <laughs> uh, was oh, yeah, because I was embarrassed because I didn't feel like I fit in. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, going, I was going to say, Shop. going to Seton Hall, like. Don't go left. Literally, I was going to say, when I went on my tour, like, that is what the tour guide said. Yeah. And I remember. Not too long after I started going to school, I found myself walking down South Orange Ave to go get a doobie. Like, <laughs> because I feel like, you know, they tried to, like, scare you into believing Newark was this thing. And, you know, anywhere you go, you have to be careful, especially if it's not your hood. Like, right. that's it is what it is. But also not being afraid to, like, interact with the community that you're in. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you don't, you are part of the, the thing that creates the divide. Yes. Circling back to the talent that's in Newark... Um, what is it like to like be a part of that talent now or to interact with like the talent? Because I saw you just recently posted uh, an event and Jasmine Mans was there. Yes, she was Let so me just tell you how I love Stripe as well. Yeah. Let I, me just tell I you. And then I'm like, like you <laughs> are now like, first of all, I've seen you interact with her b- yeah. well before now, yeah. but I saw your video the other day and I'm like, look at Quan. <laughs> yeah. Look at him. So what is it like to like be of those newer creatives and like interact with those people that maybe you were looking up to at one point? Honestly, it, it's something that I'm still processing. Um, you know, I was able to, you know, tell her, you know, that Jasmine Mann said, you know, she was a huge inspiration in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and one particular poem of hers uh, called Dear Ex-Lover. Um, it's my favorite poem, and she performed it. That mm-hmm. was the last poem that was performed. And to be able to perform in front of her, mm-hmm. you know, at first I thought I would never do that because I was just like, she's too good, mm-hmm. you know, for me to, you know, display my talent. I don't know if I'm good enough, you know. But to, to be in front of her with the idea behind with the confidence to say like no I, I know I fit here I know mm-hmm. I belong here yeah. so it feels 
you know, both humbling, but it also feels, you know, it's, it's assuring that, you know, my, my, my gifts are, you know, are good. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have that voice, you know, it's not too loud in my head saying that, Kwan, you're not good enough you don't anymore. Belong here. Not, and not because of a person, but because of the space, because, you know, the people that clap, the people that snap, the people that come up to you and tell you, like, you know, I went through the same thing, or I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. Um, and I, I like that. So to be amongst that space is, I'm excited to rejoin yeah. Nork, because when you leave, you the, they always tell you, you know, leave Nork, get out of Nork, and don't turn back. Mm-hmm. Now I get to come back. Now I'm trying to move back to Nork. You know, I want to buy property in Nork. You know, I want to do something in Nork because it was my teachers um, and, and every every level of school that I was in that impacted my life um, in Nork. Yeah. So that's, I want to be a part of this renaissance. That's awesome. I was going to ask you, you said that Jasmine, man, she, um, she was one of the people who influenced you mm-hmm. throughout your journey of like writing mm-hmm. and such. So I, who else like influenced uh, you? Alicia Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, um, of course, um, uh, James Baldwin, um, County Cullens, Langston Hughes was the first, that was the first poet I, you know, wow. started to read about yeah. and, and his poetry I started to read, um, especially his poem, Mother to Son, that influenced my very first poem, mm-hmm. which is entitled Mother's Worth, uh, which is in the book. Um, so those, just to name a few, but honestly, the Harlem Renaissance is what made me challenge myself because I kind of see myself in everyone's story, you know, yeah. during that time mm-hmm. because it was very important. And, and, and not only with writing, being creative, but it inspired fashion. I was going to say, you it, said all of this, I'm like, Quan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, it helped me be comfortable with the way I even dress because, yeah. um, you know, been living in the hood, you know, it's, you, you have your, you have your, uh, they put you in a box. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you can't go over here. But I, honestly, not to big myself up or to sound cocky, everything that I did is now cool to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was hanging around my, my friends and I started wearing skinny jeans because of, you know, uh, Dipset and everyone else that was wearing skinny jeans. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna do this. The Came big, in the hood. It's like, yo, what are you doing? Market. Like, you know, you gay, man. You don't bring that bullshit around here. Like, yeah. you know, your pants tight as hell. It's like, how are you even going to put anything in your pocket? And <laughs> fast forward, like, two years later, they were in the same clothes. Honestly, they have chains right. on their jeans. It's <laughs> okay. like, right. I don't know. I kind of, hopefully I sparked some uh, courage, and courage in people. So Yeah. That's dope. Um, so that's like, that kind of covers, like, who inspired you. But, mm-hmm. like, what inspired you to pick up a pen and write for the first okay. time? All right, so uh, here we go. Uh, so I was, um, so at birth, I was, um, I was told I was left in the hospital by my mother. She was uh, living in a shelter at the time, uh, all women's shelter. And my father was arrested at the time. And so when she left, uh, my great, great aunt, um, Mary Washington, who I'll get there later, but Mary Washington, she adopted me. Um, she was uh, my grandmother's great aunt. And she moved up here from Mobile, Alabama in 1950, uh, 1950 and um, transitioned into Newark, and she couldn't have children. She couldn't bear children. Um, and when she found out that I was, you know, I guess, available <laughs> in the vending machine, uh, she, she, came and, she came and grabbed me. And that was, the rest was just a bliss with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, you know, she was, she was older, much older, and she couldn't do the things that I really needed, you know, mm-hmm. the emotional support that I needed, you know, mm-hmm. she didn't, and not to say that she didn't know how, but she didn't have the energy to do that. Yeah. And so that, those experiences I was going through with my parents, um, and how difficult our childhood was, there was this woman, uh, who 
my older cousin, um, who passed away when I was younger, she met her in prison, and they became they became lovers. And she started bringing her around. And this woman saw me. You know, she was the second person that actually saw me mm-hmm. and acknowledged me, and just was like, "No, I'm gonna build something in this kid." And I was old, I was an angry kid. You know, I cursed How old out. Were you? I was when I met her. I probably was eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to curse adults out crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I was called, I would call even my Gregory aunt and I regret this, but I used to call her a fat bitch. I used to call my mother a crackhead bitch. And my, anybody that pissed me off, I would like, I had no real, uh, boundaries, boundaries or respect, um, for a third authority. And it wasn't until now that I realized, um, what, it, what caused that. But this woman, when I used to get angry, she'll take me, you know, we are going to walk and she was like, all right, scream at the top of your lungs. Mm-hmm. And she's like, whatever you want to say. And I I was like, what? So at first I didn't do it, but she's like, no, scream. And I was just like, I hate <laughs> you so much right now. And and yeah. it felt it felt like, all right, okay, it felt good. And yeah. she used to do these affirmations where we would walk down the street and we're saying chants and, and things. So she she poured into me. Um I moved in with her for probably like a month um in Irvington and she she for my fifteenth birthday. She bought me a book. Uh, she bought me this little childish little uh, book. She said, write. And I never stopped. I wrote six poems in a, in, in a span of like two hours. Mm-hmm. And I came out and wanted to read it to her. And uh, she used to always ask us, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? What are you going to be when you grow up? And I, at that time, unfortunately, I told her I wanted to be a poet. Um, and, and she was just like, you know, that's not realistic. That's not something that's going to bring you income or bring you joy. So I packed that away. I said, all right, maybe this is just leisure. But writing was my outlet mm-hmm. um, to be able to take the thoughts that were in my head and just put it somewhere because I couldn't talk about how frustrated I was, how angry I was at home. You know, I don't even think they un- understood what they were going through. The adults I lived with, I lived in a small three bedroom apartment uh, in Newark and there were 19 people that lived in the house. Mm. You know, there were People sleeping on the floor. My my great aunt, she always turned the dining room area to her bedroom. She just didn't like doors um, or being confined. Um, there were people sleep pulling the mattress from the back porch to sleep in the kitchen. You know, it was so many generations in, in my house, and I never really took advantage of that because everyone, it, everyone but my great great aunt was on drugs in the house. Every adult, literally everyone was doing some form of of, of a drug, and we were watching that. You know, and to see those things, it was normal to us. Mm-hmm. So I never knew that that was like a bad thing to do until I started, you know, hearing stories about other people, other kids and their parents. And then I started, you know, feeling the effects of it. Um, and that's when I began to write. It was just, all right, I have no one else to tell. If I go to school and tell someone, they're going to call Dyfus. Mm-hmm. And they oftentimes did call Dyfus. You know, I was chased by Dyfus at the time when they used to chase you in the small little car they had. Mm-hmm. Um, Dyfus has been in my life for a really long time. Um, since, you know, I was left in the hospital, I believe it was me or my sister, but all of my older sisters and older siblings and some of my younger siblings were born, um, on, with some form of a drug, whether it was heroin, whether it was crack, um, they were born on it. And I wasn't, I believe, but I was told I was, so I don't know how sure it is. My mother's no longer here, so I can't ask her. Um, but I just needed somewhere to, to write this down Mm -hmm. and, when she bought me that book, I just never stopped. Mm. Um, I want to commend you for um, 
one, being a man and being open about sharing this type of stuff because, you know, Shanice and I are women and obviously, you know, our podcast was created with the intention to spark conversation, Mm -hmm. especially those that people don't like to have. But that's increasingly harder for men and for black men in particular because, you know, everyone knows the story. You're told to stuff it down, to be a man, to Mm -hmm. not cry. And um, I'm sure, like, along the way you've had an opportunity to in some way, way, shape, or form, and we're seeing it now to, like, let it out. And I also want to commend you for, um, I'll backtrack a little bit, often, to, to, or most times, every in every case, the people we love do the best with what they have. And, you know, what I'm hearing from you is, like, you know, it was hard when you were younger, but you were able to, like, walk into to the to having grace mm-hmm. for those people who gave you what they could you know and you know unfortunately we don't always get the love we think we need yes. or we don't always get the love that we want um and it takes a special person and it takes it takes a lot of willpower to get yourself out of a place from what you're conditioned to to believe right. about yourself or what you've been conditioned you know the love that you've been conditioned with and open yourself up to more you know right. and I, I, it's beautiful for me to watch i mean we've known each other for a few years, but you know the last couple a, of years. It's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> we, but the last couple of years, I can mm. say, is when we really have an, had an opportunity yes. to like be closer and to, for like me to see you in a way that I didn't get to see you in college, right. and for me to even see you like as a older adult than I saw you at twenty three or yes. you know whenever we connected really for like the yeah. first time in a, in a meaningful way yes. at least. So um, for the men who are listening to this show, or if you're a woman listening to this show and you know a man who may have a hard time vocalizing um, what he's going through, or he may have a hard time processing, you know, trauma left over from childhood or trauma that he, you know, has dealt with as an adult, like this may be a resource right. reading Laquan's book or hearing another man speak about his vulnerabilities right. in that way. It's, it's, a, it's a step toward, and, and, and not to defend I guess uh, men who don't or who aren't allowed to talk about their feelings or who are don't feel comfortable about it. Oftentimes, myself included, we don't know what it is that we're feeling. Yeah, we, we can't identify. We can't put. We can't say, "Oh, I'm depressed." Mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't know what that feels. You've been feeling that for a long time. You just mm-hmm. think, "All right, this is just you know, yeah. this is just it me. is what it is." It's, it, and so it's important for and I will always till I die promote therapy mm-hmm. because that going to a therapist and a psychiatrist and that changed my entire life it made everything from when i was a child mm-hmm. that i had to go through and and how i how i behave it made sense yeah now as an adult because now i'm able to you know accurately process and pinpoint you know things that affected me now and how it comes out when you're in relationships how mm-hmm. it comes out in your friendships the way you communicate you know the the fear that you develop it's all stemming from your experiences from childhood into you know the rest of your developmental stages yeah i definitely want to commend you too because there's so many ways like so many turns where your life could have mm-hmm. went a completely different way mm-hmm. and to say like cuz i didn't know like you know as deep as you expressed just now mm-hmm. i didn't know that deeply so like just to see where you are now and hear where you came from it's definitely like amazing i'm so proud of you kwan like like you're really out here killing it so (laughs) we just want to know like what can we do to support you like what can we do as far as like a community Mm -hmm. to be there for you and help push your book and Mm -hmm. you know and not only you but like maybe someone we see going through something similar what can we do for that person i think the 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 
best thing that can be done is even if the person doesn't have my book in their hand or even if they have to borrow your book, I think it will be very important to for them to, you know, for the men in, in your lives to, to, to read it, to, mm-hmm. to experience it, to be able to put, you know, to say, oh, that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, or to connect it to something that they've they've gone through. And the rest is just love. Um, my book, again, is very personal mm-hmm. and is very revealing. Um, some people who even um, I'm friends with um, outside of my close friend group or people I've just, you know, been open with or vulnerable with, they don't know you know, mm-hmm. most of the stuff that I'm going to share in there. Um, so it's just love and support. You know, I know, you know, it can go one way, but I'm just going to believe it's going to go with love. You know, after reading my story, people will have some sort of compassion and realize that, you know, it's now going to take time for you to take really get to know me. Yeah. You know? so. so this is like not your autobiography, but... More of a message. A message. It's like more of a poetic... Uh, you know, understanding of what I've went through, you know, putting the message in, you know, a form, a format where you can, you know, hide your, your true emotions because it, you have to be in the right mental space for you to go back that deep, mm-hmm. you know, writing, even writing this book, I started remembering things that I went through. It was just, yeah. it was crazy. Even, um, you know, when I was living in Chicago, the poem I wrote, I wrote called Rip Jeans. Um, I literally woke up randomly one night and I was like, holy shit. I remember when my mother, uh, when she was raped, you know, she, she came into the house, you know, my mother, unfortunately she was addicted to drugs and she came, I remember her coming to the house. I was asleep and I heard like a, a thump and then like a fall on the ground. And I heard like moaning. I'm like, what, the, what is this? What is this woman up to? So I went in the kitchen cause I'm, I was a that nosy kid and all I seen was just blood and her pants were ripped and she was just sitting there and she's like, go back to sleep, you know? And I was, she's like, go back. So I'm like, what's wrong? And there's a line in my poetry when I say I was able, that was the first time I was able to be my mother's son because mm-hmm. all the hell she caused me, I forgot about when I saw that she was in need, you mm-hmm. know, that she can feel pain just as I feel pain, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, I didn't look at her as a villain anymore because mm-hmm. I thought she was just, you know, a villain in my life. I just thought she does nothing. What can I say to make her hurt? Mm-hmm. And it seemed like nothing, nothing would hurt her. But when I seen her in that space, I just really wanted to be her son. You know, I, there's a line in, in that poem, that same poem again, where it says, um, you know, at that time I, I saw her bleeding and bare, like the first time we met, you know, and but now I get to really be her son because I get to make that choice. You know, mm-hmm. when I was an infant, you know, she, of course, would bleed from birth and whatever that process is like for her. Um, now I get to, like, actually help her with something. Yeah. I can put aside all the hate that I had for her and actually be there for her. And I, you know, help her clean up and... You know, she was like, you know, I was like, who did it? Like, what, what happened? You know, and she explained to me that it was a Newark detective. Um, and she's like, yeah, but it's OK. No one's going to believe, you know, because, you know, mommy was high. And I was just like, damn, mm. that's that's messed up. But then she she begged me. She was like, don't tell anyone. And I never told anyone until I wrote this poem. Yeah. Like my sisters, my brothers, none of them knew. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, no, my father didn't know. No one knew that this happened to her. My cousins, they didn't know this happened to her, you know, and it's, for me, it's, I don't know, I, I think it was purposeful that I remembered at that time, um, randomly, because I get, I had the chance to re-examine, you know, like, maybe if I was a little bit more compassionate, you know, maybe then, you know, I could have, you know, really helped her, and, because I was that kid, I was just like, 
no, just go go to this addiction program. You know, you can get clean. I thought it was like she no. go in for a week and she's good. And no. I used to always push that for her. I used to always like find pamphlets in school. I could take them off the board, you know, put them in my back pocket and run, rush home. And it was just like, here, you know, you know, take this opportunity because I want to be normal. Yeah. You know, I want to be loved. There's, there's literally no addiction like drug addiction. Yeah. Like yeah. the person is not who... Mm-mm. they are like they're just not there yeah. and it's like it's so it's so amazing to hear you say that you know you have compassion for your mom because many times like you're so angry like when people are addicted to drugs you're just like you're just like why just, like what yeah. are you doing like you just you like get it together right. like you think you know? the solution is them stopping right. yeah when it's, when it's you know Addiction doesn't come out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's there's something that they're running from. There's something that they, you know, what, what, depending on the person in every situation is different. But whatever it is, it doesn't start with the drugs, right. you know. Yeah. And in order for them to stop, I mean, you have to unpack the thing that inspired them to start. hide, yeah. you know. And that's the hard part. It's not putting them in a facility that's not that's not the hard work, right. you know. And but as a child, I mean, you don't know that. Yeah. So. Yeah. You gave what you could with mm. the child's understanding, you know? And and though I don't know how you feel about it now, but I want you to understand that that was enough, what you had to give as a child and how you understood and can unpack it for yourself. Thank you. Was enough for what you know, for what you had. Yeah. yeah. Wow. This so, is a good book. It, it, Let honestly, me tell this y'all, is a good this is, this a, is good a good book. conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so one when the book is available, where can people buy it? On Amazon. They can purchase it on Amazon. Um, they just search my name or either the title Bandages mm-hmm. in Cologne. Um, or just search my name, Laquan Ford, on Amazon and it'll come up. Um, or if you uh, are available February 21st, I am doing the official book signing at Westside High School. The proceeds from that event for the tickets are uh, being donated to, again, to Westside's uh, West Lights On program, a program that's, if it was there when I was there, you know, doing that the night when I became homeless, uh, I wouldn't have to, or I would not have slept in the school bathroom and, mm-hmm. you know, on my bag of clothes, you know, because I was, you know, put out, but I would have had a place, you know, I could have washed my clothes and just, you know, went back hid my clothes and then just like went to class you know I didn't have to like hide my clothes in the bush you know where you know the only thing you can see it but that program is very important um and it's I look at it now that it was a missed opportunity you know but it's good now because you know there are students who are living in worse conditions that I lived in which is even hard to even imagine but that need that and I want to give back to you know a school that gave so much to me it's right. such an important program. So just to let people know about the Lights On program mm. that may not know, okay. it's um, I'm not really sure what the name of the principal is who started okay. it. Uh, uh, Mr. Cook. <coughs> so Mr. Cook, um, because students were coming to school and being bullied because they you know had dirty clothes, um, they now have a laundromat. Um, and just from having a laundromat, this this. Everyone nationally found out about this, and they started giving. Yeah. Oprah mm-hmm. came there, came to the school, spoke to the kids, gave five hundred thousand. You have now celebrities are there weekly, almost. You know, mm-hmm. when I come into the, when I come into the building, um, and they were like, "This person was just here," or Yan, Yan, I think her name Yanni. Is it Yanni that was pepper sprayed? Oh. It's- She's it's some. Uh, Fuck! She, I know who you're talking about, yeah, and the name is 
alluded me. Yadi or Yanni. I'll come to Oakland. Oh, Yandy. Yandy. Yes. So they have like a little fashion corner. They have a convenience store. They have a bank in the school. They built that actually when I graduated uh, where people, where students can actually work at the bank and uh, understand finance, understand banking. They have now a lab full with IMAX. Uh, where students are, and, and there's actually a program where students get to learn what um, like the business world is, or you know, there's IT development, and they have they have the opportunity to develop those skills early on. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship starting in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's no telling where you know these you girls will go. sell them bundles right now in high school, where that's going to take them. Right. Yeah. You know. So. Yes. I think awesome. that's a very important program and it gives students a safe space. You know, they, they don't have to go back into the neighborhoods or go to a home, a broken home mm-hmm. where, you know, it's painful to be there. They can stay at school and until the lights go off. And the truth. Sorry, go ahead. Where can you get the tickets? Okay, the- you can get the tickets uh, on my, in my actually Instagram bio uh, or on Splash That. Again, you can search the book title, Bandages and Cologne. Um, and tickets are only $10. Um, and again, the proceeds are going to a, a very good cause. And it's a... It's a great show. I'm really excited. I've been rehearsing for a really long time. Um, and I'm releasing something that night that's very special. And it's a surprise. Yay. So, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm excited to go. I'll be there. Thank you. I'll be there, of course. I'm coming, too. Um, I had something, but it literally fell out of my head. Sorry. So, no, it's fine. Um, of course, we'll link Laquan's social media um, in the show notes on the episode announcement so you guys can find him easily and quickly and you can um, purchase your tickets to support. And if you, you know, aren't able to make it, it's still a wonderful cause to donate to. Um, or if you're not able to make it and you know someone who could benefit, a nice gift would be to um, give it to, you know, pay for a ticket for someone and allow them to go in your place. All right. I want that space filled not, not of course, I want, I want it to be inclusive uh, to have everyone, but I really want that space to be filled with uh, young boys who, you know, are or at least experience um, something similar to me um, because it those thoughts, those experience, those feelings about those and all the emotions about those experiences, don't, they don't go away if it's unprocessed. So I really want them in a seat, even if it's someone that can't afford a ticket, mm-hmm. um, contact, contact me, reach out to me, and I'll and get we'll them make in the it show. I will make it happen. Yes. That's so beautiful. Yes. Well, um, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you for, for coming and speaking with us and sharing um, such intimate pieces of yourself. Yes. Yes. Because this podcast lives in perpetuity. Yes. Um, but We're yeah. so here for it. We're so excited to see like where you go. Like, this, Is this just one of one or are we yeah, going to get so a part two? My, I'm working on the, bi- the biography, autobiography. Yes. Um, but again, I just have to be in a good, better headspace to you know go through, Get that. through that. But um, I also want to repair the relationships with my brothers and sisters. Uh, those who well, want it's only one that's not talking to me. I have no reason why, but I think it's because so they under they met when my mother was trying to do good at the toward the end of her life when I went when I was a freshman in college. They knew a different side of her mm-hmm. that I did not know. You know, mm-hmm. and they got to actually like go out to bars with her. Oh, they're younger than you. Uh, my older sisters, my older oh, siblings. Oh, okay. Um, and so they they know a different side of my mother than I did. And you know, I asked them one day because they kept posting her for like her birthday every year or her in, uh, death anniversary. I'm like, one, are you doing this for cloud or for someone to feel sorry for you or like why why are y'all celebrating her so much? And one of my sisters just automatically blocked me. Um, but uh, my other sister Salnisha, she she just said like. 
she was she felt it. She wanted she was apologetic. She 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 understood or at least spoke to them and told them that you know she was sorry and that she wanted it to live a better life. But the drugs was really hard, mm-hmm. you know. She, and she's I didn't know that woman. Yeah. You know, she tried she tried to honestly she she actually apologized to me. Uh, I went to where they were living um, the night before the incident happened, and she at first I was just ignoring her. You know, I was in there with my aunts and we were listening to music like they used to do when I was younger. And I was ignoring her. She kept trying to get me to go outside and talk to her. And I was just like, no, I'm good. But finally, my aunt told me, just go talk to her. So we went outside on the porch. And I remember she was talking to me, but I was like looking straight ahead, like across the street. And she was like, I tell all my friends about you. And, you know, I'm so proud of you. And and that literally, I felt myself about to like cry. And I literally just uh, went inside, got my stuff, got my keys and just left. And I don't know, I kind of look back on it like you know I kind of regret doing that but because the next day she you know unfortunately she died in a fire their house caught on fire because they didn't have lights and they were using candles and my mother died as well as their neighbors two of their neighbors um everyone else made it out but my mother um unfortunately didn't because she ran back inside um because she thought my my nana was still in there and she died uh like she was looking under the bed I guess for her and she died and found out it was like the biggest fire in Newark um, at that time and it was all over the news and it was just I don't know it wasn't even hard for me uh, I found out when I was running for BSU vice president mm. actually and one of the GDS workers um, came into the meeting and he was like hey bro let me talk to you can I talk I'm like I don't know you <laughs> like, yeah. what are you about to talk about and come to find out he's actually my cousin wow never knew never knew he was related to me he's like yo uh, you sell something right I was like yeah he's like oh I'm your cousin I'm like Okay, uh, and he's like, yeah, you might want to, you know, talk to somebody. Your mom just died. I'm like, all right, thanks for telling me. And I went back into the meeting, and but Kavan had heard the conversation because he was mm. coming into the meeting. He was like, wait, like, no, Kwan, you can't go back in there. And they went, took me outside. They would try to pray for me. I'm like, I literally didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not affected by this. No way, you know, it's, it's crazy. But I, I wasn't affected. But the beauty of that is I got to meet my youngest, my youngest sister because the woman that adopted her was a family. And she saw it on the news and brought her to the funeral. Mm. And that was my first time meeting my younger sister. So there was some silver lining in it, I guess. But mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it's it's weird. It's a weird transition. It's a weird, um, you know, duality from, I remember when I wanted to, you know, get to know her and I wanted her to live with us. And then she started to live with us and it was a big mistake. But then I also remember, you know, the dark side of her. But I knew that it was good in her, that woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just this beautiful, chocolate, tall uh, woman, full of life. But she had her demons that, you know, unfortunately outpowered her. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, um, I loved you anyway. <laughs> but, you know, I think there's a there's a, a greater understanding for the man that you are and the a bigger love, I think, after hearing more about your story. Um, because we don't know, you know, until we were able to sit down and hear how life has brought us to where we where we are now. So Thank you. I love you. Mm. Love you all for having me here. No, of course. Honestly, honestly I'd do anything for you, Kwan. <laughs> honestly, you. Kwan. Like, honestly. I'm so the proud The moment of you. we became so co-godparents, so yes. like, y'all were really locked in for life. <laughs> yes. so, there's, <laughs> so there's that. All in. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Kyra. Yeah, I know. Our <laughs> baby. Um, wow. So we're really about to lighten the mood up. Um, well, it's not as serious, but because we ended on a on a great note. But um, fresh face. 
Um, of course, every episode we have to talk about a new skincare product or a new to us or something that we're loving and using recently. So this week, um, I'm talking about the Heritage Store Rose Petals Rose Water. You do? It's okay. Uh, you have it one in my car, one in my desk, okay. one at home. Okay. <laughs> so if you know me, you know like I had a for a long time I had an aversion to to rose smelling things on my face. Like I couldn't do the rose water. I just couldn't do rose. And then you get older and your body changes and your likes and wants and needs change. And um, I think I told y'all last week I got a dry ass face and. <laughs> Um, I'm always looking for things that like help keep me hydrated and winter time. I mean, the dryness is it's tenfold because, you know, there's nothing keeping you glistening. So, um, I found the rose. I've seen it for a while. I just didn't use it because it's rose, but I saw someone talk about it recently. I just ran out of my Mario Badescu, um, green tea face facial spray that I usually use. And y'all hear me rave about, um, and I always have to have uh, a, some type of like hydration spritz because I use hyaluronic acid. And like I was saying last week, um, when you use hyaluronic acid, your face needs to be damp when you use it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it'll suck the moisture out of your skin and that'll be a reaction you really don't want. Um, so I finally tried it because I tried a rose moisturizer and it didn't make me want to vomit. And I've actually been loving it. Yeah. So, Yeah. I use it in the morning and night when I wash my face. Same. I use it to refresh my face in the middle of the day when I'm feeling a little crusty. <laughs> and it's inexpensive. I got it at Whole Foods. Yes. Um, you can get it at Whole Foods store. You can order on Amazon. Target. Target. Um, if you, uh, my always, I always say, if you order from Amazon, especially skincare products, make sure you're getting it from a reputable reseller yes. or from the brand itself. Otherwise, you don't know what's in that bottle. So make sure it's like a, authorized reseller retailer or um heritage store that brand selling through amazon you have an experience you want to share with it Uh, well i use it um i actually have the opposite so in the summer i'm dry okay and winter i'm more oily and i've just maybe my acne journey is (laughs) it has been a journey but but your um, skin's looking good thank you thank you um but i i I got the rose i got the rose petal spray um because I used it once because um, I was dating someone and I saw that they had it mm-hmm. and I used it randomly um, and I was like, oh, actually, because it, it, I because everything I use is prescribed, mm-hmm. every from my facial wash to you know the moisturizer, everything, mm-hmm. and it's night and day. Um, so some of the stuff like trastadone like drives me out mm-hmm. um, at night, so I, that's why I apply it and it really is a good you know refreshener, you know. Yeah, I, I, guys. Get into taking care of your skin because yeah, this okay. whole wa- washing your face with a bar of soap and putting Vaseline on and going okay. wash your face. Dirty wash. Yeah. <laughs> Dial Irish yeah. spring on your face. Jesus. <laughs> Tragic. Especially my brother's brother. And they have like, the best skin. The ones that don't have any skincare <laughs> routine and use the dirtiest things. I just or don't like, wash their face. They, the sit, same, they don't have an outbreak. <laughs> use the same washcloth for their no ass issues. that they use for their face. <laughs> I'm like, they don't have nothing oh, wrong Jesus. with their skin. Yeah. They take care of their beard, not their face. Honestly. Right. Right. But like y'all heard it, y'all heard Quan. Take care of your skin. Yes. Uh, so we're gonna go into what we did for self care this week, and Quan, you can join us because yes. this is um, a topic that is really important to us because we are self care gurus at this Enthusiast, point. Yeah. Enthusiasts, honestly. So for me, what I'm gonna do this week is read Quan's book because I'm so excited. I'm on already like page seven, <laughs> <laughs> okay? Because I've been reading it. 
And I'm going to try to be outside more. I feel like, like we talked about seasonal depression. I work from home. Like, my only employee, I mean, my only coworker is my sister, and she's 10. You know what I'm saying? So I don't really engage. Like, I don't have people to go to lunch with or anything like that. So it's like, on the weekends, I should take this time to actually be outside. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy. I've been really social today. Like, so social. So I'm hoping to continue and do something tomorrow, too, because Monday is the day after. And it's yeah. going to get ghetto again. So. <laughs> Yeah. Real quick. Um, this week, I finished reading um, Singing, Swinging, and Getting Merry Like Christmas, which is one of my Angela's autobiographies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably the nosiest person I know, which is why I like biographies and autobiographies. Um, and Maya Angela is one of my favorite people ever. Um, she actually reminds me of my great-grandmother, like the grace that she has, and, like the experience that she has. And Maya Angelou, I don't know if, if you know um, her life, but... Um, I felt like growing up, my family was like, go to college and get a good job. And that's what success looks like. And Maya Angelou was the first person that I saw that she had the freedom to be. Mm-hmm. And even if like being in that moment was hard because she had a son she had to take care of and she had to be away from him or she wasn't making the type of money she wanted to make or what have you. Like, But what she inspired me to do was not be so confined to success looking like a job and making money that you have the opportunity to explore your likes and dislikes because that's ultimately how you figure out where you want your life to go and that's how she she lived so that she could you know write these stories and be a successful writer so she just inspired me to like not be so confined um and open up my horizons about what success looks like so I finished that book, and now I'm being nosy again, and I'm reading Killing Kennedy uh, by Bill O'Reilly. That's a little very different, wildly different. But um, I went to D.C. earlier this week for a work trip, and then it inspired me to like read on Kennedy again. So here we are. So that was my self-care. What about you? I have three very important things that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I disconnect from everything. Um, from my phone, I put it in another room, and I, I don't even put it on Do Not Disturb. I just put it somewhere I can't where I can't hear the uh, the vibration. Mm-hmm. Um, so I disconnect. That means I don't go on social media. I don't do anything. I don't answer my phone. I don't worry about anything. I spend time with me, uh, and then I so I light candles. I have candles in every room in my apartment. Light candles. Um, I watch either Netflix or I watch videos constantly on YouTube, like music videos or live performances. Um, I re- recently, for the third time, watched Maya Angelou's. Um, she had a poetry reading mm-hmm. uh, she did in about, I think it was 1978. Um, and someone put it up. 78 or 88. Might have been 88. But uh, So I do that. But I also, to what you said, Shanice, um, socialize. So I realized that if I stayed in my house as much as I did, you know, during this week or the week prior, which was January was really ghetto. Um, but <laughs> I realized it's because I wasn't getting out. And now that I'm going out and I'm getting out of the house before 10 on the weekends and, and I don't feel the need to just go in and just shut down. Yeah. It's, it, it, it really changes your mindset. It really gives, puts you in a space where you can then talk to people because you're making a choice to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. rather than being forced, forced into, to. Uh, you know, socialization. Yeah. And uh, that works for me. Um, and, or I just honestly, I'm inspired by so many women because there's been women that have, uh, poured into me most. I, so everything that I see women do, 
do when they take care of themselves? I do. So I go in the bathroom like candles sitting in the bathtub. I love it. And I, it's like, I'm just, I'm like, oh, why did I never do this? <laughs> why did I, I ever do this? some good bath bombs, Look, okay? I, I put on like, uh, like uh, nature sounds, yeah, uh, rainforest sounds, and I literally just, I'm sitting there I'm, for a really long time, actually. So yeah. anything that I see, because women, uh, you know, I've always like sort of, uh, not curated, but sort of like had the space to sort of figure out what it is that, you know, helps to them disconnect. Themselves. Yeah, to nurture themselves. And I've literally just watched and I see it. I'm like, oh, let me try that. Some things don't work, some things do. <laughs> right. Taking a bath does. <laughs> it really does. Right. I'll have to take a shower after, but uh, the bath works. <laughs> cool. Yeah. We want to thank you so much thank for joining you. us You're on goddess cultures platform like you're invited so back whenever you want oh, thank you literally any day anytime i would love to come back i'm yes. sure our listeners are going to find you as transparent and mm-hmm. honest and genuine as yes. we know you to be and we're so excited to see the success of your book continue you. to grow i mean thank it's not you. out yet but i'm excited so thank you it's gonna be great and we'll be at your show yes. um is there anything you want to say you want to um, any words you want to leave the people with It'll be the, the, my last page in my book, and, and which is theirs uh, about me, but it says, and so I heal. It's that, 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 and so I heal. And I just, everyone who's, you know, going to listen, and so we heal. And yeah. just leave it at that. Yeah. You know, just, just have that confirmation. Just say, you know what, I'm, I'm healing or I'm, I'm healed. Yeah. You know, and that can touch whatever part of your life that it touches. Yes. I love it. Juan, like, I'm just so excited. This is going to be great. We're so proud of you, so happy for you, and thank you for coming again. Uh, Thanks for having me.